So if you've been with us any amount of time, you will know that we preach here at Impact City Church in a different format. The way we preach is a little bit different here. Um, we preach in a format called expositional, which basically means we go verse by verse through a book of the Bible, and we teach through that verse, and we try to um, kind of bring the stories to life of the Bible. We try to show you guys what it means, and going verse by verse, we feel is the best way to do that. Also, going verse by verse gives us the opportunity not to skip over things that normally our fleshly desire would cause us to skip over. So basically, if I'm not comfortable about preaching on something because I'm going verse by verse, I have to preach to it. And it kind of takes the sermon out of my hands and puts it into God's hands. And usually, when we preach these sermons like this, they take a little bit of a while. They take a long time. Uh, For instance, we went through Mark a couple of uh, years back. It took us two and a half years to get through the whole book of Mark. That was a long sermon series, two and a half years. Uh, Philippians, we're currently in Philippians, and we started that one in August, and so that one's still going on. But every once in a while, every once in a while, God moves in my heart to kind of stop that for a couple of Sundays or a Sunday, and maybe put it on pause, put it on the back burner, and do a standalone message series, something he's been laying on my heart throughout the week, and throughout this week, actually after Sunday, uh, God just was really speaking to, to me through prayer and circumstances, and I believe that the next few things that I want to share with you are kind of things that God's been laying on my heart, and says, you need, to, you need to share this with the church, you need to kind of bring this to the church's attention, and so today is that sermon. Today, and then actually going into next week, we're going to kind of, we're, we're going to extend it, I plan to put it all in one Sunday um, so I know God needs to have room to grow and, and move as we uh, talk about this. And so I'm moving into two weeks and giving him two weeks to kind of speak to me. Uh, might even go three, but probably going to be just two. But um, this is the things that, that God is laying on my heart to tell to you guys, the church. Um, now, before I get started, let me say that sermons like this, messages like this, are usually the most real that you will see me. Um, these are the ones that I'm going to be... Um, I'm honest with you all the time, but I'm going to be even extra honest with you guys on messages like this because I feel that's how we get closer together. I mean, if the pastor is honestly giving you his heart, I hope that you would honestly receive it better. Now, these messages are usually the ones that get, I get a lot of questions about, so feel free to message me or, or say, hey, we need to talk. Uh, I'm, I'm straying away from messaging people on Facebook and and text messages and trying to meet with them in person. I feel like that's how problems get dealt with a lot better versus trying to figure out emotions on text messages. Also, these are the messages that oftentimes um, offend people in the church. And so if you get offended, that's okay. We're going to kind of work through those feelings. And we're going we're gonna to deal with that. I promise you at the end of the message, it all makes sense. And so that's okay to be, it's okay that when you get offended, that's when God is stirring in our hearts. And also... Another thing I want to say about these messages, that these are the messages that usually push us in the direction and get us back on track to where we need to be as a church. These are the messages that, um, that cause us to grow as a church together, and I, I'm so excited to be able to do these type of messages because I feel like sometimes churches don't do messages like this because they kind of go against the grain. They kind of go away from, from what most churches talk about, and I feel like it's good for us to do that. So with that in mind... Um, I feel as though God is moving me to remind each and every one of us about some of the things that y'all do that really matter here at the church. 
And because I'm getting real personal with you, I want to call this a family meeting. This, is a, this isn't, you know, like the type of family meeting you have where your crazy Uncle Bob comes over and he's drunk all the time and then he's trying to talk to you, you know, or where your mom gets all crazy and emotional. No, this is a church family meeting, okay? So it's a little bit better than that. Although I wouldn't be surprised if we have a couple Uncle Bobs here in the audience today. So um, I want to remind you guys of four things that you do as Christians that really matter here at Impact City Church. Four things that you guys do that really matter. These are things that every one of us does, including myself, but probably already do, but probably need to improve on just a little bit more. And that, if that right there kind of offends you, then I'm sorry, but like you have to realize none of us are perfect. And the more we talk about issues and things that we go through and things that we need to improve on, the better we get. When you exercise something is hard work, but you have to exercise that muscle in order to grow it. And so what I want to do is talk about four things that we are already doing that we can improve on that really matter here at Impact City Church. I'm going to cover three of them this week. Next week I'm going to do the fourth one, possibly some more as well, kind of wrap up this series. But I believe that if I can remind everyone here today, if I can remind everyone here today that the things that you guys do, the things I'm about to say are so important so vital, so crucial to us here at the church that maybe that will compel each and every one of us here to step it up a little bit in each one of these categories in our lives for the good of the church and for the good of yourself as well. So with that in mind, here are three things that matter to me here at Impact City Church that matter to the church as a whole. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. The first thing is this, is that your attendance matters. Your attendance really matters. Maybe you haven't really thought about that, but every Sunday that you come to church, you are fulfilling a great need in this church. You are fulfilling a need that matters so much here, and that is just your presence being here in the church. Your presence being here among the people who need to see you, the people who need to be reminded that they are not here alone, but they are here and they're a part of a community. Your presence matters. It's not just here uh, being a benefit to you, but you're you are benefiting the church as a whole. And one of the things you do is you bring energy to the church when you're here. Your presence, just being here, brings a sense of energy into the church that cannot be matched if no one is here. I remember when we first started Impact City Church, there were many Sundays uh, back when we would set up at the hotel that we would set up for church and we'd be all excited because I had spent hours and hours the week before writing a sermon and getting it prepared. And we would set up for church at the hotel and literally, no one showed up. And you're like, no, that, that can't be. Like, at least John Carlos showed up. Like, no, he didn't even show up. He wasn't even going back then, okay? Like, like no one showed up. We had a Sunday where our worship, uh, we had a person who was playing worship, they didn't even show up. And so I literally preached a couple of sermons, and Sarah can attest to this. I preached a few sermons to literally empty chairs, and it got me thinking, and I was so scared. What if a guest would have came that day? Can you imagine being a, a guest? You get the nerve to finally get up and go to church. Like, I know I, know I got to get back to church. Let me, let me get through Facebook. Let me find a church on there. Oh, Impact City Church is looking like a cool church. Let me go check them out. And you walk into the room, and there's no one there but just me. And that ain't much. You know what I mean? Like, who's that dude, you know? I know you might be thinking, well, that's, that, that's old, Felix. That's back when you guys were first getting started. You maybe had four different families, and if all four of them didn't show up, that was okay. You only had two families, and 
and that, that was that was a bad thing back then. But let me let me say this, and that might be true. But now that we're at 90 strong, maybe you're thinking like, oh man, we got like 90 people within the church on every any, any given average of a month. Um, you know, every given month we have an average of 90 people here. It's okay if I miss a Sunday or two. It's okay if here and there I miss a Sunday or two. And I understand you're going to miss a Sunday or two. But the problem is that you're not the only person saying that. And so even at the level we are at, if two or more families are out of town or miss church that day, even two or more couples, or if the singles miss a Sunday, we suffer for that. And we feel it in the church. We feel it. And as we welcome guests into the church, there is no one sitting in the chairs to say, hello, how you doing? You might have noticed that we haven't been doing the whole get up and go across rooms, find someone you don't know and say hello to them. Well, I started thinking that that was kind of a really dumb thing to do because that enables you guys to be lazy. And I said that if the church is actually being the church, that about 10 to 15 minutes before service, we should have all the people who are serving out there in the front welcoming the guests as they're coming in, saying, hello, how you doing? And you're meeting people as they come in. There should never be a guest of this church that does not meet one to three people within the first minute of them coming in through the doors. But the only way we can achieve that is if your attendance is here. If your attendance is strong. Your attendance is here all the time, okay? But that's not the only reason why attendance in church matters. No, no, it's not the only reason. I think I'm just telling you because I, I I'm selfishly want more people here. No, your attendance and church is also commanded and encouraged in Scripture. Okay, if you, if you uh, have your Bibles, you can look them up right now. I don't have the Scripture on the, um, on the Facebook page, but it's probably going to be in the screen behind me. But look at Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25, and this is the New Living Translation. This isn't the ESV, so the New Living Translation today. Hebrews 10.25 says this. The writer of Hebrews says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. The Scripture is telling us to make meeting together a priority. That this gathering together of the community of God, coming together as one body in Christ, coming together on Sundays and throughout the week, really, is really important. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. That there are some of us who will neglect meeting together because we feel that some other things are more important than this. It says, to encourage one another to come so that they can be connected to the body of Christ here at the local church. That we are to encourage one another. Church, are you doing this for each other? Are, when you come to church and you notice that so-and-so hasn't been to church in a while, are you reaching out to that person? Look, you would just look around the room and take a survey. There was about maybe, just looking, about 10 to 15 people probably who are not here today that are normally here throughout the past couple of months. Have you reached out to those people? I know I have tried. But it can't just be just one man reaching out to them. It's got to be a church body saying, we miss you. Where are you? What's going on? Is everything okay? Did something happen? Can we be there for you? What is happening here? And sometimes those people might push you away and say, no, no, I am convicted by something I did. I don't want to be around this church anymore. And that's, that's their problem. But ultimately, if we reach out, hopefully they will respond back. And we could be that body that encourages them. 
Are we reaching out to those who haven't been here a while? Are we showing them that we care about their presence here? We've got to be a church that does this. We need to be a body that reaches out whenever others fail to make it here or to make it a priority to be here because our attendance matters. You tell them, hey, you haven't been to church in like three weeks. What's up? Is there a deeper issue here? Is there something that, that we need to gather and pray about? I know you haven't been to the Missional City Group in a couple of weeks. You don't even know what's going on. Is there? Can, can we meet up sometime throughout the week? Can we gather in some way? Can we... Can we do something? Can we have an honest conversation about this? So your attendance matters to Impact City Church. That's number one. Number two is this. Your service matters at Impact City Church. Now, I want to be clear when I'm stating this one because it's really easy for people to think that I'm being selfish in this in some way. I'm not saying that this is all that matters that you do. This is not the only thing that matters. I'm just saying that this is just a very important piece of the puzzle here at church. Your attendance matters here and your service matters here at Impact City Church. Think about that. If everyone simply came to church and did not serve here, then nothing would happen. Your service matters because it is the pulse that runs through all the body of Christ. It matters. Your service matters. If the blood of Christ runs through the veins of the church, then, then the way we serve must, one another must be the pulse. We are covered in the blood of Christ, and the way we serve is the pulse that runs through the veins of the church. It's what gets things going. It's what brings things together. Your service matters here at the church. Again, if no one served in the church, what would happen? I think it's kind of crazy to say, but who would turn the lights on? Felix? Who would make the coffee? Probably Felix. Who would do all this? Probably Felix. Who would play the band? Probably Felix. Everything that you guys do is so, so, so important here. And any little thing you do is so important here. Galatians 6.10 says this. It says, So then we have an opportunity. As we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. Paul is telling us, that it is good to do good to others in serving. Like, it's good to serve people outside the church. I'm not saying that that is wrong. I'm saying this, is that Paul says that it is even more important to serve those who are in the household of faith, who are in the church. It was just something that a few years back I couldn't understand. I always figured that everything that we did had to be based on outreach. And now I'm learning that the majority of things we do has to be based on in-reach and outreach. But first... In reach. How are we serving each other in the church? And I think that's what a lot of us forget. Is that we think that as we serve, we think we're serving the building. Or we think we're serving the, the organization as a whole. Or you think that you're simply wasting your time because your talents are not being used to other things. Or you're, not, you're wasting your time because you're like, what am I doing? All I'm doing is I'm bringing donuts on Sunday. Does that really make a difference? Yes. And you forget that who you are really serving is the church. You're serving the, the children in the children's area. You're serving our guests as they come through the doors. You're serving each and every one another in the church in brotherly love whenever you play in the worship team or whenever you come and do something up here at the church. 
When we start thinking like this, when we start thinking about service like this, then our willingness to serve should grow. Because we're no longer serving just an organization or we're serving the building. We're serving the body of Christ. Because you're not just opening the door, welcoming someone to church that, just because you have to. No, you're opening the door to a guest, to the house of God. Someone who, have, who has been struggling to get to church for a while. And maybe this is their first Sunday to come into church. And as they walk through that door, when they're greeted with a smile, a warm face that says, hello, welcome to Impact City Church. When they see that, that person sees that they have kids and they say, let me help you get your kids situated. Let me help you find a seat. Here's a connection folder to say what we do and who, what we believe. Let me introduce you to the pastor. Let me introduce you to one of the leaders of the church. Whenever you do that, you're no longer opening the door to someone. You're opening the door to a, someone who's potentially lost away from Christ. And that one encounter with you can lead them into knowing Jesus. Every opportunity that we have to meet someone is the opportunity for Christ to grow in their hearts. We have got to understand we are serving people who are lost, not just someone walking through the door. When we start to think like this, uh, we start thinking differently. You're not just dealing with kids who are sweet, innocent kids in the back for 45 minutes to an hour. No, 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 no. You're helping develop their worldview. You're helping them understand who Jesus is. And ultimately, you may help lead them to Christ. We have got to understand that when we serve in the children's ministry, it is something that is so important. It is something that is so vital to the growth of not just this church, but the growth of the nation, the growth of our future leaders, the growth of the future people who come and they serve and they become fathers and mothers and maybe even pastors and leaders of the city. The way we pour into these kids is so important. Your service matters. So you're not just wasting your time. You're not missing service once a month and regretting it. You're taking a Sunday of your month to invest in the future of the world. When you start to think of it like that, things change. When you sign up to come up here and clean the restrooms, or mop up the floor in the worship center, or vacuum the welcome area, or come up here and clean the toys in the kids' area because kids get, oh, and they just draw on it, you know, like they make a mess and the slobber and all that. Whenever you volunteer to come up here and do that, you're not just cleaning the building. You're not just cleaning, I've seen it, you're not just cleaning a building. You're creating a space where people can come and feel warm and welcome and comfortable and be led to Christ in this community. It's so important the way we serve. And in fact, as we look at serving through the lenses, uh, one can even create this argument that if we are serving through the lens of it is, we're serving the body of Christ, one can make the argument if you're not serving currently in any capacity, do you really love the church? Do you really love the body of Christ? Do you really love each other? I'll tell you something. One thing I learned in marriage, if you love someone, you serve them. You're going to be selfless, not selfish. So if you're not serving, you're not loving. It's a really important thing to think about. And if that doesn't move your heart to a position of service, then maybe Colossians 3.23 and Colossians 3.24 will. Because here in Colossians, 
Paul reminds us that we are ultimately serving the Lord. Check this out in Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and do not and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving who? Read it with me. You are serving who? The Lord. Your servants, your service matters. Many times we look at that scripture, we look at, we apply it to the way we work out in, out in the world or our, our everyday jobs. Like whenever you feel like complaining and, and just getting down about your job, you recite this sermon or this scripture and you say, I'm working for the Lord, I'm working for the Lord. But when we put it in the context of serving, it means that the way we serve also has a deeper meaning. It's not just coming to church and serving, it's the way we serve. Are you serving with everything that you are? The scripture says, work Hartley, uh, which basically means with all of your soul, with all of your soul. Some other translations say with enthusiasm, with your whole being, you serve with you serve the church with everything you are. It means that we're going to be serving. We're going to be serving with our very best. If we're going to serve, we got to serve with our very best. This means that when you're serving, you get here early. You wouldn't get to work late. Would you, right? You're like, I get to work like all the time. Okay, maybe you got some issues, sleeping, alarm clocks. You know, I'm pretty sure there's something on, on, you, know, you can pick up. But if you're serving that Sunday, you want to get to church early. You want to help make sure your area is set up, okay? You want to know your lesson for Kid City, okay? You want to get there, and for the first time ever, ever, you get your folder. You're like, what are we learning today? Oh, crap, the Tower of Babel. What is that about? I don't even know what this is. If you know you're serving, if it's your week to serve, you want to take that lesson and be like, I'm going to do a little Bible study on this Tower of Babel. I'm going to figure out what this is. So when I go teach these kids, they'll know more than me. That's, that, that's where we should be serving with enthusiasm. Um, if you're serving the band, memorize your songs and practice your instrument. Know what you're doing. I mean, take an instrument home, practice it, know it. If you're in the band, please, know, if you're not in the band, Please, no unauthorized tambourines. Like, seriously, okay? I'm not saying you got to, you know, everyone got to be playing. If, 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 straight up, if, if I'm in the, if I'm preaching and I see a tambourine coming out of a woman's purse, it's going to get picked up like you're in grade school, okay? It's not going to, it's not going to get played. Learn the soundboard or video program. Get with your team leader and see if there's anything else that you can do um, before service to make the service go smoother. Serve, make it, make your time of serving not only something that you have to do, but make it your only focus on that Sunday. Be intentional about what you do and be prayerful about what God is going to use you to do on that Sunday. Whenever we serve, we have the opportunity to see God's glory just you know, expand greatly in the kingdom because we are being intentional about doing something here. Because you've got to remember, listen, you've got to remember who you're serving here. Your serving matters because... You're serving the Lord, right? You're serving the Lord. And you're serving His church, His bride. I want us to think of it like this. Jesus is the groom. We heard that scripture before. Jesus is the groom, right? And the church is His bride. And we are called to serve one another. We're called to serve the church. We're called to serve Jesus. I want us to think of it like this. If Jesus and His bride were were a newlywed couple, and we're waiters at their reception. Based on our service, would they be satisfied or would they fire us? 
if Jesus and his bride, the church, are newlywed couple at their reception and we are called to serve them, would they be satisfied with the way we serve them? Are we serving with our all? Or if we barely just come and buy, throw in a plate of food there at their table, maybe give them a, a refill of iced tea even once in a while? Are we giving them good service or are we giving them bad service? Your service matters to all of us here. And on behalf of the leadership team here, uh, me, Sarah, Wayne, Justin, and Jenny, on behalf of the leadership team here, I want to just say thank you for your service. I know it is not easy to be in that kid's room for 45 minutes to an hour. God knows I know that. I know it is not easy when you don't have time throughout the week to try to get up here on Thursdays and practice with the band. I know it's not easy to do that. I know your family has things going on. I know it's not easy to sacrifice things with your family in order to serve the church. So if you're serving here at the church in any capacity, thank you so much. Every little thing you do matters. I was thinking about Juan this morning. Uh, we came in and Juan was here. Juan, um, Juan, I don't even know Juan's last name. He's been coming. He's a guest here. And he was sitting there on the couch and he came in and he saw the coffee wasn't made. And he goes, hey, pastor, can I go make some coffee for you? I know uh, your wife is making some. Can I go help her? I thought that was so awesome. He saw a need, and he met it, and he kept doing it. In fact, he refilled the coffee cups about three or four times already. Juan, he's not even here right now, but he, is, he did something really good there. So your attendance matters. Your service matters. And number three, your tithe matters. Okay, no one left. Okay, your tithe matters. Over the years in ministry, I've preached on tithing a lot. A lot on tithing, okay? And it never seemed to be a comfortable topic for me, ever, okay? Because for the longest time, I felt like I was doing a sales pitch. I was approaching it from the perspective of, if you give, you will receive a blessing. If you give something, if you're obedient to giving, you will be taken care of and you will receive something. And I never felt that that was a very comfortable way for me to preach that because every time I would preach a sermon on tithing, within a couple of weeks, I would get a message or a phone call from someone that would say, Pastor, I don't get it. I am giving, and I'm still broke. And I'm like, well, you're probably not doing it right. He said, no, I don't understand. Like, I'm giving it all that I can, and I'm still broke, and I don't have any money to my name. And I'm like, that's not the purpose of this. And then I started realizing that there was a different angle from actually approaching this. When I started reading the Scripture, I started realizing that we don't tithe because we expect a blessing in return. We tithe because we have already received the blessing that we don't deserve. That's why we tithe. And I started rethinking the way I would write these sermons and the way I would preach. So the tithe really matters in both your walk of Christ and both the walk of the church as well. Your obedience to the scriptures on this issue are very important here for two different reasons. I'll just kind of go through these real quick. Number one, the way you tithe, the reason you tithe is important for you. It's important for you, okay? Um, did you know that tithing is the one thing that God challenges us to challenge Him on, to test Him on? Check it out in Malachi verse, chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Malachi 3, verse 8. The Scripture says this. It says, Will God rob man? He said, Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have you robbed you? It says, In your tithes and your contributions... You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Verse 10 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, 
that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I do not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Now, at first glance, we can look at this and, and the fact that God is asking him, uh, asking us to test him, we can think that it can be so we can receive a blessing. God's saying, hey, test me so you can get a blessing. Okay? That's kind of the way we do this. I mean, if you give me, test me, and I promise you, you're going to get a blessing for it. Okay? And that's what we think of. But the more we read this scripture, we can find out that the context of this, of this point of God actually points us to God urging the people of Israel to return back to him in faith. It's God urging the people of Israel to return back to him through faith. So tithing is all about trusting God, right? So God is saying, if you tithe to me, if you are obedient in your tithes and offering, you will have a faith that will start to grow the more you, you tithe and offer to me. And the more your faith grows in me, the more you will come back to your faith in me because you trust me with the most important thing in your life, which is your money. And the way that if you, you believe that you're living on love and you don't need money, you're, you're wrong, okay? Like, you need money to pay the mortgage. You need money to pay for the things that you need in life. And when you retire, you're going to need money to support you when you retire. Now, money is important. Why wouldn't we trust God with it, right? And so God knows these things. So it's also important for us to, to grow in faith with him. The way that the Israelites were, were straying away from God in, in the time, God said, he didn't say, hey, you want to grow your faith? Come to a Bible study with me. He didn't say that. He said, you want to grow your faith? You know, come to church every Sunday. He didn't say that. So you want to grow your faith in me? Put your money where your mouth is and trust me with your tithes and offerings. We tithe and we give up the offering because it shows God that we trust him with the most precious thing that we have. Our life. The money that pays for us to be able to live. We trust him with that. You're like, well, I don't have that much money. But then you really need to trust God with that. You need to say, God, I trust you with this. I trust you with this. It's also important, not just for yourself, but it's important for the church. Now, I'm going to be just real with you on this one. This is probably why I'm sitting up here versus standing up there on stage. I want you to see me a little more eye level. Can I just be real with you here, guys? Can I? Y'all allow me to do that, right? Okay, if you don't want, yeah, okay, thank you. And their interaction is key in the sermon here. This church um, is paid for by your obedience to tithing often. I don't know if you ever stopped and realized that. I don't know if you, if you were wondering how we even got the lights on, if you really stopped to think about that. But the way that we pay for this place, and the way we pay for the ministries we do, is through your obedience, tithes, and offering. Being whatever it is, everything counts. Every month, this church has a budget to meet, okay? We have bills to pay for. We have a building to pay for, okay? Which is, by the way, a fantastic building that we feel is fantastic. We love it. It's in the central of 19,000 people who desperately need to know Jesus. And we are here, and we are on mission, and we are paying for the chance to do mission here. And so that is part of the budget. The alarm so that we don't get broken into. The power to turn the lights on or dim the lights or run the soundboard to run the air conditioners so the kids aren't sweating to death back there the insurance that we are covered in case anything happens to us as a church and we're protected legally, the supplies for Sunday, whether it is the craft that your kids do for Kid City, which costs money to go buy construction paper and foam cups and 
whatever glitter sticks and glue sticks and crayons and stuff that, like that. The stuff that helps your kids understand the gospel better costs money. Um, the, the welcome center, the coffee, the donuts that are currently being paid for those who serve in the welcome team because the church is struggling to pay for those things. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, those things matter, and they are part of the budget. The outreach and the missions that we do, the fact that we're able to, to do outreaches in Treyway, the fact that we're able to do outreaches at local parks or wherever we're at, that we're able to pay for advertising to get the word out that we're going to be at a certain place to, to, to share a movie with the kids or share a barbecue with the community, the fact that we're able to do that costs money, okay? And we'll mostly, uh, you know, we get by every month, okay? Mostly. In fact, every month we need to make a little over $6,700 to just pay for the bare minimum, the non-negotiables, what we like to call them in the, in the leadership team, the non-negotiables, to get through to the next month. $6,700, which means that per week, on average, we have got to raise a little over $1,600 every Sunday in tithes and offerings. Did I get a little too real with you guys there? Because we are open and honest with everything here. And I tell you what, the way we budget our, our church is the bare bones. Compared to some of these other churches who have multi-million dollar budgets every year, we are running on like first gear, almost in neutral, just skating by, maybe drifting by on down the road, okay? That's how we're, we're running this church. I've always said that this church is known for being a prayerful church. The church will pray for you. We will, we will reach out to you. This church is known for parties. We love the party. We love to throw big outreaches. We are great when it comes to that. But we are not known for a church that is very generous. I looked at some of these other churches that I'm like, how can you survive? How can you be around? you got less people than us and you have bigger buildings and you do more things. It's because of their people are more generous. This church is not known for that. So since February, we have never averaged that much money every week in tithes and offerings. Never. We've never averaged that. We've never even come close to that. And what I'm getting to is this, is that your obedience to give, to tithe, whatever little or whatever amount it may be, matters so much. It matters so very much. Whatever it is, you're like, I don't have much. But whatever you are obedient to, I know God will bless it and he will use it. That's why we always pray, God, may this not be what our flesh desires, May you always provide for the church the way you see fit. And we know and we trust him as the leader of this church. God is the pastor of the church. Jesus is the, the lead pastor of this church, not me. I know I, I, it's on my card, but it's really him. Um, he always will provide for this church. He always makes a way. But if we are just obedient and continually giving what we are supposed to be giving, I know we will make it through to next year. I know we will make it through and we will continue to grow. And so again, on behalf of the leadership team, me, Sarah, Wayne, Justin, and Jenny, on behalf of all of us, if you have been faithful in your tithes and offerings, if you have been faithful to giving that, I want to say thank you so very much. Because there are so many months where we look at the budget, we're like, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it, we're not going to make it. And we've been averaging less, and then something comes through, someone gives a little bit more that week, maybe someone you know, just fills an offering to give to it, we make it through with things like that that is all God. And if you are faithful to that calling, whenever God says to move you to do something like that, and you're faithful to say yes to it, we want to thank you for that. Listen, we have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Just the other day, Dustin and I were in the soundboard, and Dustin goes, man, we've come a long way, man. And I was like, you know what? We have. 
from meetings. I have a hotel room, setting up our own little portable soundboard and taking my little laptop. And I remember we would project the, the, the picture on the wall. You can see all the, all the texture in the wall through the picture. And it was bad. I, mean, I can't believe we even, Sarah was doing church in a bar. You know, like when, in the hotel bar room, we would con, con, uh, convert the bar into a church. And I just think about how far we have come how gracious the Lord has been to provide for this church. Your tithe matters here. It matters so much. So the growth of you, to make your faith in God stronger, to get you through the hard times, and also helps to grow the church and help the church get through the hard times. And we made it pretty easy. We've, we introduced the Easy Tithe app. Thank you to those of you who have been using that. Um, it serves us no good to be paying for that app if no one uses it. So use that app. It's really good. And always remember that I'm always here if you have questions talk about things, about tithes and offerings, whatever it is, I'm always here for you. Church, your tithes matter here, and the things you do matter here at this church. Literally, everything that you do matters here at this church, from attendance to serving to your tithes and offerings. Everything matters. And I just got to say this, that Every single one of you matters here too. Everyone here matters. I'm so blessed to be your pastor. I'm so blessed to be able to, to lead a church that's so passionate about reaching the city. Um, last week, we, or on Friday, we gathered at Diana's house in Treyway, and we got there. We hung out with like 40 kids up at the playground, and then we went to Diana's house. We had a big dinner, and Justin and Ashley were there. The Angelo and Priscilla were there too. It was, it was incredible. We had neighbors coming in. We were meeting people. We were eating just food. And it, was, it was fantastic. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about, you know, the, the missional city group, Dustin and Irene, that are going to be doing the Halloween block party out there in Annaville this, this year. If you want to help them out, they could probably use some help out there, too. But I'm excited about them doing that. I'm excited about, about the Condos and Jorge and the Garcias doing something with their group and, and, all, and everyone who's a part of that. I'm excited about the groups that are going to be made and the things that people are going to be building here in this church and the things that, that God is going to have us do in the future. I'm excited about the future of the church and I just want to remind you that attendance, serving, and tithes and offerings all play a big part into if we're going to even get there. Thank you so much for my behalf on all that you do. I pray that every one of you gets closer to, to God through this. I pray that as you uh, are just obedient to these things, that you grow closer to Christ, and I pray ultimately that you become great disciples of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So what I want to do, I want to just pray for you guys. Cord is going to come up here, and we're going to be playing one more song. I know this message was, was kind of a little different from what I normally do, and uh, I promise you that, that, that it's, we're not going to do stuff like this all the time, but I want to just have sometimes, I just want to be real with you guys. I want to be honest with you guys and be able to talk to you guys like family the way we should as a church and just be upfront with you guys. I love every single one of you guys and I, I, I think that, that God is going to do great things through this church. So let me just pray for you as, as, they, as they start to get ready to play the last song and you guys will be dismissed. We've got some announcements, guys. A lot of great things coming up as well tonight. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for how far you have brought this church. God, we have endured hard times as a family. We 
we've seen people come, we've seen people go. But we've been attacked as a body of believers. We've been threatened by circumstances that are beyond our control. We've had moments, Lord, where we've come so close to saying, I don't know if we can do this next week. We're just not able to to do it. We don't have enough volunteers. We don't have enough people on Sunday. We don't have enough finances to get through. But Lord, you are faithful. Lord, ultimately, you are growing inside of us a great, great, just a great, great church, a community of people that comes together with all different talents, all different type of backgrounds to create the perfect body of Christ here in Corpus Christi to reach out to the city of Corpus Christi. And everything that we do matters. Our attendance matters. Our serving matters. Our tithes and offerings matter. Lord, I pray for you right now. If you're struggling, if anyone here is struggling with any one of those things, pray that you would just right now just ask God to help you with that. So Lord, I, I, I don't know why I, I don't follow through with certain obligations in my life. I don't know why I don't follow through with um, the things that you want me to be doing. I don't know why I'm scared to put myself out there and start just serving and loving the church. I don't know why I do that thing, but Lord, change my heart. Help me believe that those things matter. Help me see. Lord, peel back the scales of the eyes of those who do not see the importance of what they do. Let them be loved and known that what they do is needed and appreciated and welcomed and encouraged and challenged them, Lord, to do more above and beyond themselves, Lord. To grow their faith in you, to become better believers of Christ, to be more dedicated servants of the Lord, to understand that they are here on this earth for a reason. And that is to grow your kingdom, Lord. Lord, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for all that they do. Christ, I'm afraid. All God's people said, Amen. Let's worship one more time.